2: From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, indeed
5: it is, and I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy today, coming to you live from high atop the world-famous Fox News headquarters in the heart of Manhattan on 6th Avenue in New York City. We have a big show coming up today. As the show unfolds over the next three hours, we're going to be joined by Fox News contributor and former U.S. prosecutor for the Southern District of New York, Andy McCarthy. And then later in the show, we'll have Congressman Pat Fallon from my home state of Texas. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for that to happen, you and I have a lot to talk about. So put this number in your phone right now, 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. I have some very specific instructions from Jimmy as to how to do the show today. Here's what he said. Yo, drive it like you stole it, baby. That's exactly what we're going to do. And the rules remain the same, by the way, as when Jimmy is here. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... (coughs) All right, here we go. We've now had the weekend to digest the first in American history criminal indictment of a former United States president. For the purpose of talking about this today, I want to, as the lawyers say, stipulate to some facts. That is to say... Put some facts out there over which we can all agree, at least for the very minimum for the purpose of discussion. Stipulation number one, I don't trust the Department of Justice as far as I can throw this building. Of all the problems facing the country today, none is bigger than the DOJ. The corruption of the Justice Department trumps, you'll excuse the expression, all of the other problems that we face, including inflation, a weak economy, the crisis on the southern border... Rampant crime in what was once a group of proud American cities, an increasingly aggressive China, our steadily weakening military in the face of that rising threat, and the loss of American stature on the world stage. Of all these problems, none of them is greater, in my opinion, than the corruption at the DOJ. We all remember Hillary Clinton's non-secure personal email server that she kept in the basement of her home in Chappaqua, New York. Though it was clear that she conducted official and highly sensitive State Department business on that server in clear violation of federal law, she was given a pass. Here's then FBI Director Christopher Wray at a presser in July 2016, just four months before the 2016 election in which Mrs. Clinton
6: was a candidate. From the group of 30,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Eight of those chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. 36 of those chains contained secret information at the time. And eight contained confidential information at the time. It is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account.
5: Okay, I sat there and watched that, and I said, wow, well, here it comes. But then just a few minutes later, Comey said this. Although there is
6: evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case.
5: you got to be kidding me. And meanwhile, on the other side of the political aisle, at more or less the same time, the FBI and the DOJ launched a probe into the campaign of Donald Trump that continued into his presidency on the strength of material that they knew from the very beginning was completely bogus. That resulted in the three-year-long Mueller investigation into collusion between Donald Trump and Russia to steal the 2016 election. It was a deliberate and monstrous lie. Then there's the Hunter Biden laptop. It's filled with evidence of massive wrongdoing by then-Vice President Joe Biden. No one can now seriously dispute that. The FBI and the DOJ have had that laptop for five years now. And no action has been taken despite overwhelming evidence of criminal wrongdoing. Five years. Yet the DOJ can indict Donald Trump in just four months. The evidence is overwhelming. The DOJ is in the tank for Democrats and out to get Republicans. So if you want to be truly objective, you can't take anything the Department of Justice says at face value. A 37-count indictment is serious, but it doesn't enjoy the broad-based respect it once would have or should have now because the DOJ has forfeited the trust of the American people. Hillary and the Bidens get a pass. It's the hammers of hell for Donald Trump. He did it too, was never a defense, in the schools I went to sure wasn't a defense in my home. It's not a defense for Donald Trump. But that doesn't change the fact that the DOJ is both highly politicized and highly corrupt. A double standard is not justice. If that doesn't get fixed, the republic will fall. Stipulation number two. Now that there's been some time to look at it, there's some things wrong with the indictment of Trump. Not to say that Trump's in the clear. He's not. But the indictment does have some flaws. The first, according to a well-sourced article by Clarice Fellman in yesterday's AmericanThinker.com, it's what's called count stacking, the separation of a single matter into multiple counts for the purpose of influencing public opinion and prejudicing a potential jury pool. Boil down the sensational way in which the indictment is presented and of the more than 13,000 documents that were seized in the raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, Only 102 had classified markings. and Only 31 of those are in issue, of which only 21 are claimed to be related to national defense. The indictment indicates that only six top secret and 18 secret documents were in his office. All the rest were under lock and key per an agreement with the National Archives and Records Administration. The entire Trump compound was under 24-7 Secret Service protection, a fact that is not stated in the indictment. Contrast that with the careless way that Joe Biden was in possession of nearly 2,000 boxes of sensitive government records scattered in unsecured locations in Pennsylvania, Delaware, in Chinatown in Washington, D.C., and in the garage of his personal home. Stipulation number three, take out the drama and the dawn's early light tweets and the verbal wild pitches and the name-calling and all the rest of it, and you're still left with the fact that Donald Trump had a successful presidency he had a booming economy, record low unemployment particularly among minorities, rising real incomes in the middle class for the first time in decades, a southern border that was at last coming under control, successful deterrence of guys like Xi Jinping of China and Kim Jong Un of North Korea, we had energy independence for the first time in 70 years, a rapidly pacifying middle east and a strengthening of military strengthening american military, all objective successes of the Trump administration. Much of that success has since been undone by Joe Biden. Stipulation number four, the legacy media are completely in the tank for Democrats and openly hostile to Republicans in general and Donald Trump in particular. That's a fact. No need to belabor it. We know it. Stipulation number five, accept the indictment at face value or not. It's still there. It's not going to go away. And there are some very serious allegations. Former Attorney General William Barr, who served under Donald Trump, had this to say over the weekend talking to Fox's Shannon Bream Cut 6.
7: I was shocked by the degree of sensitivity of these documents and how many there were, frankly. And uh, so the government's agenda was to get those, uh, protect those documents and get them out. And I think it was perfectly appropriate to do that. It was the right thing to do. Uh, and I think the counts under the Espionage Act, uh, that he willfully retained those documents, are solid counts. Now. I I do think we have to wait and see what the defense uh, says and and, and what proves to be true. But I do think that even half what Andy McCarthy said, which is if even half of it is true, then he's toast.
5: Okay, that elicited a reaction from Donald Trump, as you would expect. Here's what he had to say in reaction to that. Cut Two.
7: this is a
8: disgrace. This thing is a disgrace. And virtually everybody other than a lowlife like Bill, Bill Barr, who I, as you know, I terminated because he was gutless. He wouldn't do what you're supposed to do. But uh, everybody says this is a uh, disgraceful indictment. It shouldn't happen. It was done for political reasons, but it was also done, I guess, to cover up the kind of a massive crime that's now being revealed by the Republicans in the House. It's, uh, It's incredible. When you look at what happened, when you look at the kind of money that flows into the Biden family, and to Joe Biden, by the way, and so they wanted to do a distraction. They'll probably come up with a jaywalking charge on Hunter in the not-too-distant future, you know, a very small charge, so they can say, well, it's fair. But this is a very uh, unfair situation.
5: Okay, there's Donald Trump, which segues nicely into stipulation number six. Donald Trump is very often his own worst enemy. The question I have for Trump is this. If you know they're coming for you, if you know they're corrupt, if you know you're not going to get a fair shake, and and you know you're not going to be treated fairly by the corrupt media, what the hell are you doing having sensitive documents in your possession? Why are you handing your opponents a club with which they can beat you to death? Out of respect for those who staunchly support you, you owe it to them to behave in a way that minimizes the chance of something like this happening. Donald Trump owes his supporters better than what he's giving them. And that finally leads us to stipulation number seven. The 2024 election is pivotal. We can't risk a second Biden term, nor can we risk, if Biden doesn't run, electing the nominee put up by the far-left base of the Democratic Party. This is not your grandfather's Democratic Party. This Democratic Party expelled Joe Lieberman who was their nominee for vice president on the ticket with Al Gore in 2000. Tax-cutting, staunchly anti-communist John F. Kennedy could not run as a Democrat today. His nephew, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is given from time to time to saying things that are actually sane, has no chance of becoming the 2024 Democratic nominee. It's going to be a left nominee, if it's not Joe Biden, if a Democrat wins in twenty twenty four the country loses if you don't believe it, if you don't believe me, take a look at the state of things as they are right now, and you understand that we cannot lose in twenty twenty four so we have to win and there is clear evidence there is clear evidence that Trump has been and continues to be mistreated, but given everything, there is also a very real risk that nominating him could hand the election in 2024 to the Democrats. So in the end, after stipulating to these seven facts that we just laid out, that's what I want to talk to you about today at 888-788-9910. Donald Trump has a very serious legal problem. He also has a serious political problem. In light of everything, the question for you right now is, is Donald Trump still worth the risk? 888-888. 788-9910. Pole sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. We come to you and your calls after the break. Stick
2: around. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. We'll be right back.
6: All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get-up-and-go-in-the-bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun, but are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back, at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? NuGenix Total T Testosterone Booster has testophen, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword JIMMY. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo-X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply
5: it's fox across america paul is sitting in for jimmy fail and taking your calls at 888-788-9910 Given everything that has gone on, this indictment of Donald Trump, which dropped before the weekend, all of that taken into account, is Donald Trump still worth the risk? That's what I want to hear from you about at 888-788-9910. Our leadoff caller is listening on KTBB Radio, Tyler Longview, Texas, my home radio station. Diane and Kilgore, you're up. You're number one on Fox Across America today. What do you have to say?
9: Hello, how are
5: you? Fine, thank you
9: uh my answer to your question is yes um I think yes I, yes I think he,
5: yes what is trump still worth the risk yes, yes he, he is
9: he okay. is worth he is worth the risk because we need to get behind a man who even though he's done things that maybe we don't like or don't approve of, you know he has made some mistakes he's a much smarter, stronger person now. And we need, we need a, we need a leader. And he's the only leader up there. And I believe he's an honest man. And um, regardless, you can, you can look, look at how they treated his wife. You know, um, we, we've got to understand that we are, we are dealing with with a, 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 an entity that is trying to control the world and we we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no and show the world that we are behind someone who will take this country back to where it to where he was trying to take it.
5: Well Diane let me okay let me just take the devil's advocacy on that before he can do any of that he has to get elected. And that is going to be harder in 2024 than it was in 2020 and certainly than in 2016. You understand. That you have about 29 or 30 percent committed voters on the left that will vote for whoever the Democrats put up. You have a roughly equal number on the right, about 29 or 30 percent, who will vote for whoever the Republicans nominate. And then you have that great big gap in the middle, and you got to win a majority of those or you don't win the White House. And I don't think Donald Trump has done anything since he left office. To add to the number of people in the middle that want to vote for him, I think a lot of people in the middle are leaning the other way. They'll do one of two things. They'll vote for Joe Biden or the Democratic nominee or, equally as bad, just stay home and not vote at all. And if that happens, Donald Trump loses the election and we get four more years of what we're getting now. That's a problem. You say he's worth the risk. It is a massive, massive risk.
9: But you know what? It's a risk that we have to take. You know, the the thing about it is you kind of just proved my point. <laughs> How you know, so? He, we, we need to show, you know, those of us who are for him, we, you know, the American people need to show that, hey, we are standing behind someone who has got our country's interest at in hand, and it's isn't not, the, he doesn't.
5: Is not there's somebody we can stand behind that does not have all of this baggage? You understand that we will not be talking about the issues in 2024 if Donald Trump is the nominee. We'll be talking about trump's indictment that'll be the only thing that sees the light of day the issues will not be discussed and if you don't discuss the issues the democrats win the democrats cannot win a debate on the issues
9: absolutely absolutely so if we're not
5: so if you spend the whole election cycle not talking about the issues the democrats win
9: well I just decided back a while ago that I was going to that I was going to vote for him regardless, because, like I said, you know, it's important to me. It's not it's not just how we see things, but it's how the world sees what is going on here in America. And listen, if we don't if we don't take. Control of our land, and there are no there are no leaders in Washington. I don't trust anything that goes on up there. Nobody or anything, because I think they all have got have got their hand out waiting for their check. I'll I'll tell you something. This may sound a little strange, but back back when um, uh, Justice Scalia mysteriously died. You know, and supposedly we don't really – we really don't know all the circumstances. Well, yeah, we but let's – okay,
5: the, but we don't – in the minute I have left, let's not go off on onto on a grassy old conspiracy theory about Justice Scalia.
9: Who are – People that make decisions in uh, about things that are done, they know what can even happen to someone like a Supreme Court justice. No, no one is immune from the the powers that be that run things in Washington D.C. So
5: right.
10: people are afraid.
5: All right, uh, yeah, I understand that. You know, and I will stipulate to you that it, that we cannot. Uh, I stipulated seven facts. I'll stipulate number eight. We we absolutely cannot withstand electing a, a, a democrat either it be, be it either joe biden or whomever else the democrats put up if joe biden can't can't make the cut if he just is not up to it and i think that's an open question so we no, we can't withstand that the question is how do we how do we win the election and i'm I've, there's a huge risk i believe that if you not if you nominate donald trump There's a huge risk that you lose the election in 2024. Diane, I appreciate your call. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. I've taken your calls at 888 788 9910. 888 788 9910. More of the show's coming up. You do need to stick around, it's going to be worth it.
0: Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
2: It's the morning show that, uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: And it's Jimmy's pal. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Jimmy and I are, we're pals, we're buddies. We eat ribs together at the Country Tavern just outside of Tyler, Texas. We stop at the Buckees between Dallas and Tyler. But Jimmy and I go way back. We are, we are buddies. We we have things in common. One of the things we have in common is loving to hear from you. Here on Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. We're in Los Angeles. It's Barry next on Fox Across America. Barry, What do you say on our proposition about is Donald Trump still worth the risk?
11: First of all, I agree with what the last caller said. I mean, why do you think they're not going to do to any other Republican what they've done to Trump? Number one. Well, they're going to
5: they're going to try it, but the problem is that Donald Trump gives them so much material to work
11: with. That's the rub here. Why? Why Donald Donald Trump gave them Russian collusion. Donald Trump. No, but Donald Trump. Donald Trump.
12: No no wait wait
11: no no no. You just said it. He Donald Trump didn't do anything to give them Russian collusion and they used it. So stop there. Number one. Number two, you people like you, and again, this I'm not this isn't a pro Trump call. This is a Republican Party call. You are hurting the Republican Party more than anybody. I'm trying to no matter what you say about no matter what you say, but when you when you tell us that Trump has no chance of winning the general that's only going to be used for fuel for the fire if Trump does win the nomination. So, and you're not going to convince you're going to convince very very few Republicans right now who plan on voting for Trump in the primary to not vote for Trump in the primary. End of story. You are hurting the Republican Party more than anything by the, by all of this.
5: Okay. That's my point. All right. So let me let me then answer this, Barry. Here's the, here's the fact. These are these. This is not. This is not subject to interpretation, it's fact. The 2020 election was decided out of 130, 140 million votes cast, I forget the exact number. Out of that hundreds of millions of votes cast, it was decided by 40,000 votes in six counties in four states. In order to win the presidency... A Republican has to peel off a state like Pennsylvania. It has to peel off a state. A Republican has to peel off a state like Michigan and Wisconsin and um, Nevada, Arizona, those states that that can go either way but kind of generally tend to trend toward Democrats. You have to pull those states in or a Republican has zero shot of winning the presidency. The Democratic candidate starts with about – 15 or 6 starts with two touchdowns and a field goal already on the board on on election day because the map the way it is democrats have an electoral college advantage so you have to win on the margins and my fear about donald trump it's the reason i asked the question if you lose those votes on the margin you lose the general election and is there enough stink hanging around Donald Trump now to cost you those marginal voters who live kind of in the middle? That's a fair question.
11: Here's my – okay, what Republican is going to win Philadelphia with the mail-in voting in Philadelphia? No, you're
5: not going to win Philadelphia, but hold on. You're not going to win Philadelphia. No, you will not win Philadelphia County. But you have got to turn out enough people in the in the rest of the state of Philadelphia of Pennsylvania in order order to overcome your deficit in a metro like Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. And if if those voters stay home, if those voters on the on the on the edge stay home. Then you lose. You lose the state. You have got to turn people out on the margins. That's the fear.
11: And again, why do you, I just? I'm not anti-DeSantis. I'm, I like Trump better than DeSantis. However, I like DeSantis. Here's the point. You guys keep saying that oh, DeSantis can easily beat Biden. We have absolutely no proof of that whatsoever. I don't think. No.
5: I've never. I've never said that DeSantis can easily beat Biden. I don't think any Republican can easily beat any Democrat. I think beating the Democrats is a is an uphill struggle for whomever you nominate. If you're a Republican, for the reason I just stated, because the map is stacked against Republicans from the minute the election starts.
11: And all all you're doing all you're doing right now is giving fuel to the Democrats. Should Trump win the nomination, and you are not doing anything whatsoever in helping any beat Trump because that. I, nine out of ten Republicans right now have made up their mind.
5: I don't think that's true. I, I, I'm, I reject that premise. I think uh, maybe about seven out of ten have made up their mind. And I'm not worried about re- what Republicans think anyway. I'm worried about what independents and moderates think. That's where the action is on any election, not just this one, not the last one, all of them. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Republicans. Hey, Barry, appreciate your call. Got to move on. Uh, back to East Texas. David and Tyler, you're next. On Fox Across America, what do you say?
13: Hey, sir, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, early on when Trump ran the first time, uh, you know, he did some things very offensive to me. I've got a disabled son, and when he made fun of the disabled individual, boy, it really just turned me on him. And the fact that his whole life he had been a Democrat, boy, I sure hated voting for that guy, but the choice was was worse. (laughs) So uh, I, I voted for him. Now, he proved me wrong when he got elected. He actually did a really good job for the nation that did some really, really good things. However, I don't think that he's electable uh, this time around just because there's so much hatred and vitriol against him that I don't think there's enough... There's not enough people that love him to push him through. There's, there, But there's a lot of people out there to have just a sheer hatred towards a man. And a lot of people that dislike him that might... Might vote Republican otherwise, but they dislike him. So, like you say, they're going to stay home. They're not going to come and vote because they feel like it's a loss either way. Um, I just, I just don't feel like he's electable. I, I, like what he did for the nation, and I think he would probably do a good job again for the nation. But I just don't think that him winning the primary is a good is a is a good thing for the Republicans. I think that I think that someone like DeSantis or maybe even Tim Scott somewhere on those lines. But anyway, that's my thoughts on it.
5: Okay, so you are the – right now the count is two to one in favor of Trump being worth the risk. You say he's not worth the risk. He's not. Okay. Well, David, we appreciate your call. So it's it's now two to one. We move on to uh, Stacy in Milton, Vermont. What do you have to say? Is Trump still worth the risk in light of everything that's going on?
14: I am a lifelong Republican, and I would not vote for Trump for anything. Um.
5: Did you vote for him in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty?
14: Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I and both times I held my nose and voted for him. I'm I'm not him as a person. I really am not fond of. He did some good things for the country. He did a lot. Of, he did a lot of. He good, did, he
5: did a, no, not. Some did a lot of good things for the country.
14: He, he take did, away
5: take away his, take away all the all of the, all of the the drama and the and the extracurricular and all the stuff, and just look at it from a pure policy perspective, Trump had a very successful presidency.
14: He did have a very successful presidency. Um, I think what he did with the COVID vaccines was brilliant. Um, quite a few things I think he did very well. I don't like all the the drama that he threw into the presidency and the craziness of of just... False accusations that he sticks to, and 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 just in general how he treats people. That is not what I want for a role model for my country.
5: Let me tell you, Stacey. When Trump was being Trump in the in running against Hillary Clinton, I gave him a lot of room because I thought of the seventeen people who were on the debate stage at the first Republican debate. I thought he was the only one. Who had any real shot of defeating Hillary Clinton? I was, you know, I had a, a whole lot of my Republican friends who just had thrown their hands up and said, Hillary's going to win. I thought Trump had a shot against her. And so, him being the way he was during the campaign, I was willing to defend it and, and live with it. But there's an expression they have in Washington about presidents called wearing the suit. When you assume the office, you put on, you, you. You become the president. Your demeanor changes. You need to wear the suit. And Donald Trump did not wear the suit well. He stayed in campaign mode when he needed to be the president, and and he said things that a camp that a, you can say in a campaign that you can't say, and you don't say when you're the president. And some of his behavior was off-putting, and it and it enraged, further enraged. People who were already enraged with him, and I think it caused it, it. It created so much noise and distraction; it was hard for him to for for the real message to break through. It was very distracting having him behaving the way he was when he was um, in office.
14: And and it's interesting. I'm glad you're having this conversation because my whole family is Republican, and trying to talk to some of them about other candidates, they're they are just diehard Trump people. And there's a number of good candidates. I really like Nikki Haley. I think she has a really strong chance of beating Biden. I know she's low in the polls, but I like her positions. She has a really good history as a governor. And um she's a woman. You know, she can pull that vote away.
5: Well, you know, and, we, and we'll see, and, and we still have the debates to come, and we, there's a, there's a, a lot going to happen between now and the time we have a nominee, uh, and we'll see how it plays out. My real fear is that, that if Donald Trump is the nominee, his, his legal problems are going to be the only thing that gets talked about, and we will not discuss the issues, and if the issues don't, don't get discussed, the Democrats win, because they cannot win a debate on the issues, and that's why, you, that's why things like this happen. And this is all – if Donald Trump is the nominee, it really, really helps him. Stacy, appreciate your call, and you have a great day there in Vermont. 888-788-9910. Time for one more before we get to the break. Here's uh, Barry in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Barry, what what do you have to say on this topic?
15: I'm definitely going with Trump. I I think this whole document thing is a big to-do over nothing. Um, Actually – frankly it's a very shrewd move by trump i think he's playing 4d chess while everyone else is playing checkers look he's a billionaire he needs to raise money for his legal defense prior grifts like the nft trading cards i don't think that really raised too much can you imagine how much he can get for our nuclear secrets from the saudis or iranians once he gets that cash he can do whatever he wants legally. Wait a minute. You, you, pay, you know wait,
5: so, so money. sell sell the secrets to the Saudis to raise cash for his defense.
15: Yeah, don't well, you think can't so, do so? that? They're that's crifters. that's called treason. They execute you for that. Ah, he he's done other grifts. Why, what's one more grift?
5: You think he, so? Wait a minute. I'm not understanding you. So you're you're saying that Donald Trump is a grifter and shouldn't be our nominee?
15: You can only go to the base and use them as a, as a piggy bank only so often. So now it's time to take documents and sell them to some other countries. To, you know, I mean, he is a billionaire, he says, but I think he wants to raise cash. So okay. sell some nuclear secrets and get yourself back in office.
5: Okay th- that is completely preposterous Barry we know I don't want him to sell nuclear secrets to anybody I don't want any president to sell nuclear secrets and I don't want any I don't want presidents or anybody mishandling documents and I I I I wish we weren't having this debate and my my gripe with Trump is if you know they're out to get you why do you hand them something as 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 big as this with which they're going to club you over the head. Why would you do that if you know they're coming for you, which how can you not know they're coming for you?
15: Paul, Trump did nothing wrong. Don't you know that? He did
5: nothing wrong. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that disagree with that. Here, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, Here's former Attorney General William Barr, cut nine.
7: Now, we can't forget here that this entire thing came about because of reckless conduct. Uh, Of the president. If he had just turned over the documents, which I think every other person in the country would have done, they're the government's documents. They're official records. They're not his personal records. Battle plans for an attack on another country or or Defense Department documents about our capabilities are in no universe Donald J. Trump's personal documents. They are the government's documents.
5: Barry, that's that's tough stuff, and he's going to have to answer for it and it's going to affect the, a lot of people on the margin that might have voted for him, then Mao might not. And it could mean the difference.
15: Our next attorney general will be Sidney Powell, not a traitor like Barr.
5: Okay. Barry, uh, listen, I've got to run because I'm up against a break. Appreciate your call. 888-788-9910. More of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy after the break. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler. It's Paul
5: Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. I write a column every week. You can read it at youtellmetexas.com. We named it that because I say what's on my mind, you say what's on yours. youtellmetexas.com. It's because I'm from Texas. You don't have to be from Texas. You can tell me from wherever you are at youtellmetexas.com. We're asking the question today, is Donald Trump still worth the risk in light of everything, including the indictment that came down over the over the weekend last Friday? want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. Harold in Seattle, Washington. You're up on Fox Across America. Harold, what do you have to say?
4: Oh, God, thanks for inviting me. It's great to listen to this show. I love it. Thank you. Um, I'm a big anti-Trump person, big time. I am, I'm, my, I'm, I'm retired. I'm 75. I was an emergency room physician for many years and seen a lot of emergencies. And I think it's an emergency to get Trump out of there. Why? I think he's, so self, he's created chaos. He's created very self-centered all the all the examples of what people shouldn't be, um, I'm tired of.
5: Are the you a dem- are you a Democrat, Harold? Or are you are
4: making you a- self-important? He's he's criticized everybody. He doesn't negotiate. He's very dogmatic. Um, he is not a leader. Let's put it that way.
5: Okay, so let me ask you: Are you are you are you a, a Republican, nominally a Republican voter, or a nominally a Democrat voter?
4: Oh, I'm definitely a Republican living in a Democratic state, which is terrible. Washington State is miserable here.
5: Yeah, is it's it terrible. just Seattle? Is the whole Senator state that democratic way? What
4: a... bad. I mean, our, our our Senator Murray just came on the radio the other day and just said, well, "Let me know what we can do about this drug abuse problem here in the state of Washington." I'm going. You should have thought of it a long time ago when you kept didn't stop the border crossings. All the drugs came into the states through these through the borders. So why in the hell is this Democratic country? It, it it just it's it really I I I can't. I'm just totally mad about it.
5: Okay. Well, so Trump's supporters are going to say that that Trump had the border under control or was getting well, it under he did. control.
4: Yeah, he did great things when he was president. He's just not the right president for now. We need to get into a, an environment like the Sanders has talked about in terms of starting to negotiate. Get away from politics of being Democrat or Republican. Get back to the people that live in this republic. Let's talk about what is of importance to build for this country. Yes. Trump did some great stuff, and DeSantis probably to do the same thing. But at the same time, it's how he does it that counts. Let me we get back talking together. Let me, creating let me ideas. Let me for ask solutions.
5: you. Let me ask you this devil's advocacy question: People are saying, not without justification, that the that the media, and the Democrats, and including the permanent bureaucracy, are going to come at DeSantis for for example, if he's the nominee, just as hard as if as they came after Donald Trump. What do you say?
4: I, fine. Let him come at him. I think he he will do really well if he goes on uh, other stations like CNN and some of these others. Him in person, talking to individuals. You're talking about DeSantis? DeSantis, yes. He'll be a real asset, a huge asset. Whether he can change people's minds, I don't know, but we need to get away from this whole idea. There's a book I've read, and I think many, you've probably heard about it, and I'm sure you have. Go quick. It's One Thought Scares Me. It's by Richard Dreyfuss. Okay. All it's right. about we we teach our children what we wish them to know, but we don't teach the children what we don't want wish them to know.
5: All right, hey Harold, good stuff. Appreciate your call. You'd be good out there in Democrat uh, Washington. More of the shows coming up. Stay with us.
2: Live from Everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: Here we are, here we are, Hour 2 of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in from, for Jimmy Fela coming to you from high atop the world-famous Fox News headquarters here in the heart of Manhattan on 6th Avenue in New York City. We're taking your calls in the whole first hour. We talked about, given the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted on very serious charges and there's some, you know, some pretty ugly stuff in that indictment, given all the rest of what's going on with Donald Trump, and given how close... The 2024 election is bound to be, and the really horrible prospect of the Democrats winning, be it Joe Biden or whomever else the far left base of the Democratic Party puts up. Given all of those things, the question on the floor today, you're taking your calls on, is this: Is Donald Trump still worth the risk? 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Let's just dive right back in, back to the phones we go. Gordon in Lancaster, PA, you're next on Fox Across America. What do you say?
0: I say no, he is not worth the risk. Why? Trump was fantastic in office. I was so proud of our country. However, I learned in eighth grade civics, 40 years ago I still remember this. I was taught people will not vote for someone they do not like, regardless of how good the policies are, et cetera, et cetera. If you're not liked, people will not vote for you. And the light came on when he was first indicted. On, on the Brian Kilmeade show, I heard this poll from CNN after after he was indicted the first time.
5: Well, you you talking, talking, talking about the Alvin Bragg um, yeah. man, yeah, which, which is an absolutely bogus indictment, but go ahead.
0: Right. But there was a poll, 60% of Americans, and it's documented, You can people can Google this, 60% of Americans agreed that that indictment was politically motivated, but they approved of the indictment.
2: Yeah, to no, me, a I light went that. on. When, when I, I heard that.
0: that poll, a light went on, and I said, he's not liked. If he was liked, people would disapprove of the indictment. That tells me right there that those people in the middle that you've been talking about are not going to go for Donald Trump. I mean, there's other, there's other reasons, but that, that, that's a great data, data dump that says this guy's not electable.
5: Well, let me tell you something, Gordon. I live in Texas, and um, I'm a rock-ribbed conservative, have been my entire voting life but i have friends who nominally kind of vote for republicans but from every now and then you'll get they'll vote of, of a good friend of mine voted for bill clinton twice even though he claims to be a republican so you you get those in what i call the mushy middle they can go either way that's okay in texas because texas is still going to go for the republican nominee where it's a problem is in the state you're in
0: well i can say this we all know he had problems with suburban women, and, the, and that one caller was talking about the city of Philly. Of course he's going to lose the city of Philadelphia. However, <laughs> the, ring, the ring of suburban women who live around Philadelphia, they have not changed. They are not going to the, – they were at one time in the middle and, and maybe, have, maybe voted for him against Hillary. They're, they haven't changed. They don't like the guy. They're not going to vote for him, and he's done nothing to change their mind. So we have, to, we have to get the emotion out of this decision. We have to be realists and vote for someone who's going to win. Regardless of how we all like Trump, we have to vote for someone who is going to win, and Trump is not going to win.
5: The William F. Buckley rules support the most conservative candidate who can win. Gordon, it's great stuff. Appreciate your call. 888-788-9910. Kevin, Hampton Roads, Virginia, a state that used to be reliably red. What do you think, Kevin?
16: Yeah, I've lived here half my life, the other half in Iowa. Trump's, Whoever the Republican candidate is, so long as Joe Biden is the Democrat nominee, is going to win. I mean, Joe Biden got by with people's imaginations of what he might be. Well, now we know what he might be. i got a neighbor who's an independent. Voted for Biden, but he told me I don't want any more legal or illegal immigrants. What do you think he thinks now after we've had five million new illegal immigrants? You think he's going to vote for Joe Biden again? Joe Biden's not going to win independence. I mean, his ratings 36%. He sucks, man. I, whoever the whether it's Trump. Any Republican is going to win so long as Biden's their nominee. That's See, i mean.
5: I'm, you know, Kevin. On paper, what you're saying is right, but this is not on paper. This is out in the big, mushy, messy real world, and right. you know, and and things that work in theory you know, don't pan out in practice. And given given the fact that Donald Trump should have won in 2020, and lost by 40,000 votes in six counties in four states is it was an eye-opening experience to me it's not a national election it's down to a s incredibly small number of voters and if a agree, if agree a small per I... small percentage of them go the wrong way you lose the election
16: but but the presidential election is always a coin toss except when reagan ran against Mind- mondale and 149 states but that's about the closest coin toss you could ever get if you do the math Forty thousand votes out of one hundred and sixty million is like point zero 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 two or two one thousandths of one percent, basically a statistical tie. Uh, president Trump got more votes than any sitting president in American history. To say he's not liked uh, is absurd. Yeah, but he's still, uh, that
5: just, yeah, but still, you're you're wanting to score the game on the on first downs instead of points on the board.
16: Not really. I don't think Biden's going to get 85 million votes again. Do you? I mean, now that we know what he's like as a president before, it's like, well, he's going to be this. He's going to be that. And the whole media is pumping him up. And all anybody's talking about is the negatives on Trump. Well, now we know all the negatives on Biden. But but let me ask you this. Okay. why would I think, you know, my grandfather used to say, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. We hear all this about DeSantis. But DeSantis isn't polling any better than Bobby Kennedy. I mean, eighty in the last two polls this weekend, he polled 19 percent and 23 percent. That means almost 80 percent of the Republican Party doesn't want DeSantis. So I think it's really premature to be talking about him as the nominee. And, and, the o-
5: and the only reason we would be talking about him as nominee is all of the baggage in the pigpen dust cloud that keeps following Donald Trump everywhere he goes, and that's the only reason we'd be ta- we we're talking about Ron DeSantis right now.
16: Well, it, let me let me get, uh, address these these legal things before you, you my time expires. You know, in the, since 2016, the Democrats have tried to eliminate three leading contenders for the GOP nomination. You said you're from Texas, Rick Perry. You remember how they got him charged with obstruction for firing? That oh no, lady that was that
5: was it. that was absurd. I mean, that was yeah. Know, that that then, that that had here, had no no even even a shred of legitimacy to it. This indictment's got some legitimacy to it. I mean, it's not perfect, but it does have some things in it that are kind of nasty for Donald Trump.
16: Well, and then here in Virginia, Bob McDonald, who I I went to law school with, you know, he he was pursued by Comey's FBI. He didn't break any Virginia laws. They came down here. They prosecuted him. They got a conviction. Same prosecutor who's after Trump right now lost nine to zero at the Supreme Court. So before we start, you know, there's this old proverb, biblical proverb, he who pleads his case first seems right until cross examination. We've only heard the pleadings and it that's seems exactly. right. Okay.
5: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough, Kevin. That's, it. that's a great point and I appreciate your call. It's a good call. Thanks a lot. Uh that frees up a line, eight eight eight, seven eight eight, ninety nine ten. Let's go to uh uh Tim, Sterling, Illinois.
12: Tim, what do you say? Hey Paul, how you doing? Good man um Trump needs to get out of the way he he's he's not for the Republican Party he's for the party of Trump um he cannot win the general election uh they could run Tom alone and and win the general election he needs to think long term he these indictments he's in trouble um and if he ever has a, point, a wish of being pardoned going to have to be by a Republican president. If we want to re- redo the DOJ and hopefully, you know, change the way the politics are looked at there, it's going to have to be with a Republican president. Well, let me hopefully tell you. He doesn't get. Yeah,
5: yeah let, me, let me jump in on that. Let me, I don't mean to interrupt you, Tim, but let me jump in on that because you, you, you raise a very good point. The DOJ, as I said, if you heard the opening monologue of the first hour, the DOJ, I think, take all the other problems. The DOJ is bigger than all of them put together. You, you cannot have a constitutional republic if you don't have equal justice under the law, and the DOJ is corrupt, and it is politicized, and it needs massive reform. And one of the things ab- ab- about with which I disagreed in the Trump administration was his appointment of Jeff Sessions as attorney general. Jeff Sessions got—, got got the job and immediately got his face on milk cartons with the thing. Have you seen this man? He disappeared. He was completely ineffectual. He was the he got run over by the career bureaucrats at the DOJ. He recused himself on the um, on the Mueller, on the on the the Russia collusion probe which gave us Rod Rosenstein as the effective attorney general of the United States and the and the DOJ got worse. And the DOJ needs to have its leadership pulled out. Its permanent—I'm talking about the permanent employees—pulled out root and branch and completely reformed. And in order for that to happen, we have to win the 2024 election.
12: You're absolutely correct. And in by doing that, by by re, you know dismantling and and building back up the DOJ, it's going to have a broad effect on everything else that's going on in this country.
5: Tim, it's a great point. I appreciate your call, and thanks for listening. You're out there in Sterling, Illinois. Time for one more before we go to the break. Wes in my home radio station town of Tyler, Texas, listening on KTBB. Wes, you're next on Fox Across America. What do you say?
17: Paul, your monologue laid everything out excellent. It confirmed what my gut feeling was, that I like Trump policies. Voted for him twice, I would vote for him for a third time. But we need Trump policies with a new, fresh face. I like Nikki Haley. I like like Brown. Brown. I like DeSantis. I think we need a fresh face. This baggage is going to weigh way too heavy on the middle of America, and we need a conservative Republican in the White House along with a conservative Congress and a conservative Senate.
5: Well, Wes, you know, I agree with you that we need all of those things, and the only thing that is at, at issue is how do we best get them and how do we make that happen? I don't care if Trump wins or loses. I don't care if DeSantis wins or loses. I care that America wins. My candidate is America. I want the country to win, and right now we're not winning. And
17: Absolutely. so You laid out the case exactly. It's too big of a risk. It's too big of a risk to be behind Trump at this time, in my opinion. I'm married to America. I love this country. I'm not married to Trump. I supported him twice. I'd support him a third time, but I want America to win.
5: Wes, it's a great call. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening there on my own radio station, KTBB, Tyler, Texas. 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America.
2: It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. My own damn fries.
5: If you're just now joining us, a couple of things. Number 1, it's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. And number 2, we've been discussing since the start of the show about an hour and a half ago, given all that's going on with Donald Trump and this this detailed indictment, 37-count indictment, given all of that, is he still worth the risk if you're voting Republican? Is he still worth the risk uh, for the to be the nominee? Uh, for 2024, knowing that if he loses, we get four more years of Joe Biden or maybe even something worse. That's what we're talking about here at 888 788 9910. And at the, after the bottom of the hour break, stick around. We have Andy McCarthy coming. He is a former US assistant, attorney, assistant, for, former U.S. assistant Attorney for the Southern District of Texas. He's a Fox News contributor. He will have a lot to say as well. But right now, Cindy in Du Bois, PA. Has a lot to say. Cindy, thanks for waiting. What's on your mind?
10: Hi, Paul. Um, I do not think he is worth the risk.
5: Okay. Why yeah, not?
10: There, uh because I feel like like a couple of your callers um had mentioned before, um, he does not have a chance to get the people in the middle he has offended a lot of people a lot of people just do not like him um we have to get the women in the suburbs we have to get we have to get those people um i'm i'm a conservative my husband's a conservative we voted for him twice we will hold our nose and vote for him again if he is our candidate we feel like he's done a lot he he aligns with our beliefs and our policy and what we believe for the country, and you know the just all the good that he did for the country, but his conduct when he was in office, his conduct when he was running, how he calls people's names that's so immature he just um he alienates a lot of people and he is he's just rude i mean he he is rude to people I think that um when it was when he did not get elected and he left the White House before he even followed the protocol of welcoming the new president and and just leaving. I mean that that's just yeah not good. Yeah. That that doesn't show good character.
5: I didn't I didn't like it. And I think I think his vice president who was as loyal a soldier as you could imagine, Mike Pence, gave yeah. him some gave yeah. him some excellent advice um, I think that when the Supreme Court refused to hear the case that my state filed, and 18 states joined, when uh, on against uh, Pennsylvania and uh, Georgia regarding um, the change, the um, improper changing of those states' election laws. Yes. The the Supreme Court should have heard that case. They should have listened to it, but they chose not to. The election was over then. It was over. And what Mike Pence wanted President Trump to do was leave office gracefully and go on a victory tour and and tour the country touting the successes of the Trump administration. And I think if he had done that, he'd be sitting pretty right now for the nomination and for the 2024 election. And I think... I think he made an enormous mistake not taking Mike Pence's advice.
10: Yes, and I, and I don't like how he is continuing the name-calling. He's continuing to um, just keep bringing it up. I won the election. I won the election. I, I My husband doesn't, but I feel like he did, like, he did not lose that election i just well whether
5: whether I, he whether he did or yes. he didn't, it was over when the Supreme yeah. Court refused to listen to that case. It was over. fine, move on, Richard Nixon did it in nineteen sixty He went on to win the presidency, yes, you, you know and
10: i i do- I don't think he's going to get the women in the middle. I don't think he's – and, like, we personally know, like, friends that have been lifelong Republicans, and they did not vote for him this last time. They're like, we can't. The way he conducts himself, the way he treats people. It's like when you're in the – like you said about wearing the suit. You have to wear the suit, and he doesn't carry himself that way, and we're going to have four more years of that um we will vote for him if he's it but i don't think he will get elected because he is not going to win over the people in the middle
5: i will tell you i'll tell you this cindy in his defense if he somehow did get reelected if he were to win the election in 2024 i would purely love to have four more years of trump policy
10: yes absolutely absolutely
5: love that that would be the greatest thing that that could happen my fear is in order for him to get that done, he has to first win the election. Cindy, you're there in a state that we have to have. You're in, you're in Pennsylvania. It's a hard state for Republicans. We've got to get Pennsylvania to go our way. Appreciate it, Cindy. That opens the line, 888-788-9910. Andy McCarthy coming up after the bottom of the hour break. It's Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in. It's Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser from Proud. Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, sitting in for Jimmy today. And if you're on hold uh, there at 888-788-9910, be patient, we will get to you. But right now, want to add a little uh, special insight to our discussion. We have on the line with us uh, Andy McCarthy. Uh, he's a Fox News contributor. Also, the former U.S. Assistant Attorney for the Southern District of New York, where I'm sitting right now. And he brings a prosecutor's perspective to this whole the story of Donald Trump being federally indicted. Andy, thanks for being part of the program and taking time.
15: Paul, it's my pleasure.
5: Listen, I want to read to you a quote from your article in National Review uh, over the weekend. You said, and this is a quote, I don't believe that Trump's lawyers who were trying to help him would testify, as they, as they have very reluctantly testified, that he tried to get them to destroy evidence and obstruct justice unless he really did try to get them to destroy evidence and obstruct justice. Amplify on that for us.
1: Well, I think one of the things that we're missing in all the noise um, and I'm somewhat sympathetic to this because you know I wrote a book about RussiaGate, and I'm sympathetic to the notion that the um, the left and the Democrats have been trying to get Trump for years. Uh, they tried to you know knock him out in 2016, and once he won the presidency, they tried to hamstring his presidency so he couldn't govern. So I get all that, but I I think the fact that that narrative is um, is a viable one should not obscure from us the fact that this particular case that they have brought is not manufactured like the, you know, the Russiagate allegations, there was no evidence to them. Here, there's not only evidence, but most of the evidence comes either from documents that President Trump doesn't deny that he had in his possession. Uh, in fact, you know, he's trying to come up with uh, rationales why it should have been okay for him to have them in his possession, but he's not, he can't, Credibly claim that he didn't have them. Uh, And the main witnesses are people who, uh, you know, they're hardly Trump haters or never Trumpers or people who had it in for Trump. These are people who were actually trying to help him. These were his lawyers who uh, he dragged into the middle of all this. And they tried very hard when the prosecutors tried to subpoena them and Uh, get Trump's attorney-client privilege eviscerated on grounds of a legal doctrine known as the crime-fraud exception. Um, They fought that very hard. They fought it in the district court. They fought it in the Court of Appeals, and they lost. And it was only then that reluctantly, because like, like all of us, they have an obligation if they get subpoenaed to the grand jury. They have to tell the truth. They told the truth, but they really tried not to have to do it.
5: Former Assistant U.S. Attorney and Fox News contributor Andy McCarthy is with us. So, Andy, let me let me play a, a, a cut from John Bolton over the weekend on CNN. Here's what he had to say. Want to get your reaction? Cut 18.
1: If he has anything like what the complaint, what the indictment alleges, and of course the government will have to prove it, uh, then, then he has committed very serious crimes. This is, this, this is a devastating indictment. I speak here as an alumnus of the Justice Department myself, uh, because not only is it powerful, it's very narrowly tailored. They didn't throw everything up against the wall to see what would stick. Uh, this really is a rifle shot, and I, I think it's, uh, it should be uh, the end of Donald Trump's political career.
5: Andy, what do you say to John Bolton?
1: Well, I, you know, look, I think John is right um, that this is a much more uh, careful, methodically supported set of allegations than, for example, what we got from the Manhattan District Attorney, which was just frivolous and uh, is is actually so bad that that uh, Alvin Bragg can't even yet come up with a crime that that Trump actually committed, even though he's he's charged 34 counts what he's charged, but it doesn't lay out what the actual felony is that he's saying that, the, that Trump committed. Here that you can't say that. I mean these are very supported allegations. My own view of it um, uh, you know I, I probably spent a lot more time at the Justice Department than, than John did, but but uh, you know he had uh, considerable responsibilities there. My, I, I kind of view this more as a political thing than a legal thing. Um, I think it is true that these charges are very serious, and that that Trump could be, if he's convicted, he could be looking at a lot of time. But I just think, in terms of the of the country, in terms of national security, and his qualifications for the presidency, the the criminal charges are almost irrelevant. It's the issue is the facts as they've been described. Um, whether he has a defense to them is, you know, that's uh, something we'll hear. But if he did the things that are laid out in the indictment, you know, you have to ask, why on earth did he think he needed to have, like, you know, uh, intelligence reporting about the military vulnerabilities of the country that could easily have fallen into the wrong hands? And he's got like, you know, 300 documents. A goodly chunk of them are that kind of uh, grave nature uh, intelligence reporting. And you know he comes out and says things like, "Well, I declassified them," and I, I I shake my head when I hear that because you know first of all it's not a defense to have declassified them to the to the charges that he was looking at, but secondly let's say it was a defense, why would you do that?
5: Well, you know, that's a that's a, yeah, you, that's a
1: fair question. You know why why would you if you had the crown jewels of the American uh, intelligence vault? You know the the real heavy duty secret stuff because getting that stuff getting out could really harm the country in catastrophic ways. Um, why would you declassify that stuff even if you could?
5: Okay, well I have a political so, yeah. I have a political question related to that. If you know that the doj doesn't like you if you know that the permanent federal bureaucracy doesn't like you if you know that the media is going to hammer you any way they can if you know these things why do you put yourself in a position for this to happen to you
1: yeah i think unfortunately trump is a um he's a complex psychological type um and you know we could probably uh If we had Sigmund Freud here or a real shrink, um, you know, they could probably talk to us all day about that. Um, But I do think it's fair to say that he's of a personality type and a psychological type as to whom this is going to keep happening. And to me, that's the biggest problem. You know, everybody talks about the, the array of legal problems that President Trump has. And I'm not saying that that's not consideration it's a it's a very important consideration but what I'm more taken by is the fact that he keeps digging like he keeps making new problems for himself. he knew they were trying to go after him on January 6th um, and yet he did this you know and uh, this is a situation where they weren't trying they, you know they may be out to get him on any number of things. But they weren't trying to go after him on this. I mean, they knew what the Hillary Clinton precedent was and all that stuff. But they did want their – they wanted their stuff back. And for a year, they asked him politely to give the stuff back. And they only got uh, the Justice Department involved when – well, first –
5: When you say that, that, you're talking about the National Archives and Records Administration. uh,
1: Yes, you're right, the National Archives. And – they they only um, got the first fifteen boxes because they threatened to go to Congress uh, and the Justice Department if he didn't start to provide these documents that he had. So he gives fifteen. He considered telling them that that was all he had, even though it was about half of what he had. It, it appears. Um, and then the Justice Department starts asking him, pretty please, give it back. And he won't. You know, he's he's obstinate. So they gave him – they didn't you know, leap to a search warrant. Uh, they gave him a grand jury subpoena so that he would be able to produce it himself rather than them going to take it from him. That is the FBI and the Justice Department. And then he – you know, if the evidence is to be believed, and it looks pretty strong, he misled them, including misleading his own lawyers, into thinking that the 38 documents that he gave them in the beginning of June of last year – um, were the only 38 documents with classification markings that were still in his possession, and it turned out that he had, you know, three or four times that much still at Mar-a-Lago. So you have to ask yourself at a certain point, like, what was the point of all this? He didn't need the stuff. I, I mean, you almost get to the point with with Trump, which is very strange, of saying he didn't want to give it to them basically because they wanted it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I
5: just, well, so uh, f- former U.S. Um, assistant attorney uh, Andy McCarthy and um, Fox News contributor is with us. So, Andy, two things in the time that we have left. Number one, the "he did it" to defense. What about the fact that they're coming after Trump, hammer and tong? But uh, by by all appearances, to the to the casual or not so casual observer out in the heartland of America, people like Hillary Clinton and and the Biden family get a pass on stuff that is if not equally egregious, still very egregious?
1: Yeah. I think, Paul, the the first thing, let's take them separate because they're separate in an important way. Um, As for the Hillary Clinton thing, that is an absolutely good argument. Um, Now, my view of it is the Hillary Clinton uh, decision not to charge her was an atrocious decision, and I can't take the position that, having made the first atrocious decision, I am now required to make the next logical atrocious decision. I think we have to get okay. back to a place where everybody gets prosecuted the same way. And that's why I wrote a big article in the New York Post today about how that, what they ought to be doing with Biden. And I think at a minimum, the House Republicans at this point should be subpoenaing uh, the attorney general and the uh, special counsel on Biden's document case and the FBI, and asking for exactly the same kind of information that is in the Trump indictment. They should be asking for itemized documentary, you know, give us a description, generally speaking, of what kind of information did Biden have, and itemize for us, you know, what was the document about, What was its classification level and how many months or years did he possess it illegally? And they should make him put put that out and give a good explanation. If they have any intention of not charging him after they've brought this case, they ought to tell us that, because that's something I think the American people should be weighing as they're thinking about, is the the case against Trump fair or unfair? I think people would have a lot easier time with it if – we had any indication that we had one standard of justice that was being applied to everybody. All
5: right. That segues into my last question to Annie McCarthy, Fox news contributor, but in the time that we have left, my perception, my monologue at the top of the show nearly two hours ago is that the department of justice is politicized and is thus corrupt. And it's, it may represent, I think it represents the biggest single problem that we have, because if you don't have the widespread belief across the Fruited plane that justice is fair, equal, and blind. You can't hold the republic the republic together. What do you say?
1: I agree with that, but you know there's a limit to how far it goes, right? I mean, are we? I've been railing about the politicization of the Justice Department for years. I've I've argued that the FBI's uh, counterintelligence mission should be taken away from it; it should go back to just being a, a police force and nothing else. I think there's a lot of things that need to be done. But if we take the position that the Justice Department is out now corrupt, and a lot of people are arguing this, that like, how can you abide the Trump prosecution when the Justice Department is corrupt? Is the extension of that logic that every single person who's been prosecuted for a federal crime by the Biden Justice Department should be released from prison? Is that what we're saying? Because they're they're corrupt and nothing they do is legitimate. Well,
5: okay, no, I'm not I'm not saying that, but how do you fix it? Because I mean, the perception by a very sizable percentage of the American populace is that the DOJ is corrupt. That's got to get yeah, fixed. It, That's got to get no, fixed. No, I look I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think that, you know, we have to
1: remember how to govern again under the constitution. You slash their budget. You impeach people who violate the law. You hold people accountable. Um in some ways, I think you know you can't say that th- that they haven't been held accountable at all because you know you'll notice in january seventh of twenty seventeen it wasn't Hillary Clinton taking the oath of office, right? I mean, I think people realized how corrupt she was and they didn't elect her. All of the people who were connected to the or almost every agent that had anything to do with the Russiagate thing was removed from office now. It doesn't satisfy me because the FBI did it so quietly. They're so upset no. over their yeah, reputation. No, it, should,
5: it should have been much more public. We should have yep. seen it. We should, yep. have, you know, it should have been a walking of the plank. We should have seen it.
15: Yep. Andy great. McCarthy, totally uh,
5: great, great stuff. How do we, we follow you on Twitter? Where?
1: Uh, at Andrew C. McCarthy.
5: All right. And, uh, and you are the, uh, you're a Fox News contributor, and you got a great article over the weekend in National Review. Andy, appreciate your time, and thanks for being a part of the program. Thanks so much, Paul. More of the Fox Across America and more of your calls at 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. All that happens after the break. You need to stick around.
2: The critics have spoken. Well,
5: that was different.
2: Yep, rousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America I'm wanting to hear from you at 888-788-9910. seven eight eight ninety nine ten. We'll get a call in here before the top of the hour and your calls after the top of the hour. 888-788-9910. Gill in Bel Air, Florida. What say you? Hello. You're there, Gil, you're up, man. It's your time. Got about oh. about a minute and a half. Go.
18: How are you, sir? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the call. Believe it or not, this is the first time I've ever been able to get on a talk show. <laughs> but well, here
5: I you. And this say. is your big moment, Gil. Go for <laughs> it, baby.
18: It's all I you. I have a lot to say. Honestly, let me start by saying this. First of all, can that John Bolton just disappear? Because he's just a piece of crap. Uh <laughs> I, I, I don't respect anything the man does or says. And McCarthy, can he just lay down because he just gave uh, can he, he just gave uh, the Biden regime a blank check to take us further into debt. So can they both just go away? And you're talking about, you're talking about Kevin
5: McCarthy, not Andy McCarthy. Kevin Mac- that I just oh, I'm on. sorry. Yeah, Ke- I, you're talking I, about Kevin that, McCarthy, yeah. the Speaker of the House. Okay, <laughs> all right, got it. When Andy when it McCarthy, I thought, bro, I had, some, had some good things to say. But on the, <laughs> on the subject on the floor, we've been done from, from the top of the program, given all that's going on and swirling around Donald Trump, is he still worth the risk as the nominee for the GOP uh, in 2024? Uh, in, in the minute we got left, what do you say?
18: I'm going to say no, but let me let me uh, uh, just give you the reasons why I think no. First of all, I supported Trump. I worked the 16 campaign. I actually worked the midterms in 18. I worked the uh, 20 campaign. Donald Trump didn't lose that campaign. I was in the ground in Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, talking to people. I actually had to ask the handlers, are we supposed to be in this area? Shit, is it safe? <laughs> and there were a lot of people there that were uh, Donald Trump's support. She's winning Hispanics and black votes uh, or, with huge numbers. I mean, they're just going to the other side. However, however, there is that element that everybody keeps forgetting about. First of all, uh, in any crime or in any case, if you take the court, there has to be intent. There was never intent. So let's put, let's put that uh, to rest for for the moment. Yeah, but listen um, I,
5: now. Now we're down. with counting seconds. So, okay. yes well, or no? Well, Is he your nominee? Uh,
18: I actually, no. I would probably go with my own governor here in Florida, or Tim Scott. That's right. the bottom line. I
1: would right. think
18: we need a fresh face with Donald Trump policies, and I think either one of those candidates will provide that for us.
5: All right, Gil. Appreciate your call. You. Um, You'd be good there in Florida. Hey, listen, more of your calls and more of uh, Fox Across America. Paul Glaser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon coming up after the break. It'll be worth your time sticking around. We'll have a big time. Don't go away. It's Fox Across America.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Good gosh, it's already hour three
5: of Fox Across America. The time does fly when you're having fun. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy here on this Monday. Jimmy will return tomorrow, but right now it's you and me and the phone at 888-788-9910. Since the start of the show, we have been talking about this single proposition, and that is this. Given that Donald Trump has been indicted on pretty serious charges and some legal experts think that that some of those charges can stick, given that, given that there's no way in the world it will be out of the the, the trial, and the 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 adjudication of the case will be out of the way anywhere close to the. Uh, uh, before the uh, campaign starts, it will be going on while the twenty four twenty twenty four campaign is going on and given that that will result in that there is nothing that will be talked about other than trump 's criminal potential criminal liability as opposed to talking about the issues and given the fact that if you debate the issues with the Democrats, they lose and if you if they don 't have to debate them it 's in their favor, given all of that and Given the fact that we cannot allow the Democrats to win the 2024 election, be it Biden or somebody else, taking all of that into account, is Donald Trump, as the nominee, worth the risk? 888-788-9910. Here on Fox Across America, even if Jimmy is not here, the rules remain the same. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a that's it. It's that simple. 888-788-9910. Back to the phone. Saddlebrook, Arizona. Kathleen, you're next on Fox Across America. What do you say?
19: Well, well, good morning. It's so nice to talk to you. First time I've ever gotten through a national talk show.
5: Well, look, Sid, that's the second time we've had a caller say that today. It's a day of firsts. Welcome, so, welcome, nice welcome to the show, Kathleen.
19: Okay. Like so many that have called today, I love Trump in 2016. Loved his policies, but he refused to tone it down in office. And what did you say? You said he refused to wear the suit? It's, a,
5: it's an expression that they have about, about men who it's always been all men in the United States – about men who uh, ascend to the presidency. They, begin, they must begin to wear the suit. It's an it's a insider White House term. He's wearing the or suit. Or
19: become a statesman.
5: Yeah, same and thing. That's what that's refused, what that means. Wear the suit.
19: He refused to do that. And look at the people that he went through in office. You know, at seventy years plus, we should certainly know we stop calling people names. And I just want to point to those who were a little adamant in the beginning about, you know, you're destroying Republicans and, you know, yeah. we have to vote for him. No because I want them to take a look at Arizona, and please study Arizona. We were always a red state. I have been involved in politics. I've been a precinct committeeman since the day Clinton won, and I just couldn't believe that we had that man as our president. And I called the Republican Party, and I've been involved ever since.
5: You know what? You say that, Kathleen, but you look at Bill Clinton— compared to what we have would, now we and, and bill and bill clinton looks like winston churchill compared to <laughs> yes, what we what what we have now i would take bill clinton if the if, I would if bill clinton I was grass, my choice i'd take him back over uh over uh, joe biden in a second if that was my choice
9: well this
19: is how long i've been involved in you know trying to you know uh, carrying the flag okay so now arizona has a blue governor we have a governor that refused to debate just she took the biden handbook would not debate Kerry lake all of our candidates that were tied to the hip with donald trump Carrie lake um they were all endorsed the only person who won statewide republican was our superintendent of public instruction tom horn and he is a former attorney general that had indictments he had all kinds of baggage on him he won Everybody else lost, and they were all Trump-endorsed.
5: All right. So, well, and since they, you, go ahead. They,
19: they but, took the Trump handbook. Carrie Lake refused after the primary to reach across the aisle. She refused to make amends with what she referred to as the establishment Republicans. I think you remember she insulted John McCain, the family, um, and she lost.
5: Well, and, I was, was going say, you brought that up. I have a, I have a piece of audio here I want to play for you, uh, Kathleen, since you brought up Carrie Lake. She was in Columbus, uh, Georgia, and talking about um, what's going on with Donald Trump. Here's what she had to say. Cut 13.
10: If you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me, and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. And I'm going to tell you, yep, most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. That's
2: not a
5: threat. That's a public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, given the fact that you've got to win on the margins, we have to carry states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. You have to carry suburban female voters. Do you think a statement like that's helpful? No. I
19: don't
5: that's either. That's why
19: she's not our governor. That's why she's not our governor. Um, she wouldn't tone it down. And the independents, you're so right. It's those, the the the. Establishment Republicans, the Independents, the you know the soft Democrats, they they are not going to cross the aisle and vote for that kind of rhetoric. And those people aren't listening to radio shows like this. They're not They don't really. The indictment. Okay, Trump is bad. Trump is bad. They're not getting the real facts. And I would just beg those who who weren't paying attention to your opening monologue about it. That's where the votes lie. And right now, the Independents. And I could have my numbers wrong, I'm not exactly sure, but I think they outweigh registered Democrats and Republicans in the state of Arizona.
5: They do pretty much everywhere. There are more independents and moderates than there are either, either committed Republicans or committed Democrats. It's those people and in the middle that, ask, that pick right, presidents. Uh,
19: we have to ask, why are they leaving? Why are they leaving the Republican Party?
5: Well, you
19: they know, they just can't stand
5: it, the language and the insult. Well, you know, even if they're not leaving the Republican Party, here's what here's the thing that's that's really bothersome. They may be nominal Republican voters, but if they stay home because they don't like the nominee, that's as good as as, as a Democrat getting a vote. Hey, Kathleen, great stuff. Appreciate your call, and uh, thank you for being part of the program. That opens a line 888-788-9910. seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Let's go to Waco, Texas, and Gail. You're next on Fox Across America there in Waco. Gail, what do you say?
0: How are
3: you doing today?
5: Well, I'm doing great, Gail. How are you doing?
3: Um, I'm I'm am a little frustrated. Um, this is the first time I've ever listened to the Jimmy Fallon show. So, um but I'm saying Well here I mean, with hey Gail, home. I gotta ask
5: you, where are you listening? What station are you listening on? Where are you listening?
3: Um, I'm just on the Fox News Radio. Show. Okay.
5: All right, very good. So
15: what <clears throat> so, say you?
3: Um, well, I'm just a little frustrated listening to all my fellow conservatives and fellow uh, Republicans because it seems to me that we wanna give the Democrats all of the fodder to destroy our nominee. Um, we we in this country are so more worried. I mean, it's like, we're a hypocrite. We sit there and say all kinds of stuff about the Democrats or Nancy Pelosi or or Biden. And, but then if somebody else speaks it or stands up and speaks about it and says what's happening to our country, then they're just mean and, and hateful. Gail, the, ar- the, the
5: argument can be made that it's not us giving them the fodder. It's our potential nominee himself giving them the fodder.
3: But maybe we need somebody to stand up and say stop it. I'm tired of I'm tired of them saying that I'm a bad person because I'm a I'm a conservative. Well, listen, I think conservative policies are good. I and do I'm too. I'm tired of the Democrats saying that saying that we're not okay. But we all we do all we do is sit there and and we destroy our candidates ourselves. The well, no, no, see, are really but I'm, good.
5: I'm just 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 for the sake of this discussion, Gail, I'm going to come back on you and say our own candidate is uh, I say our own candidate, our own leading in the polls candidate right now Donald Trump is busy doing that himself to himself
3: and 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 what i'm going to say to you is you're 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 helping the the media because we're i'm not oh come on i'm not
5: i'm not helping the media i'm stay i'm i will be the first to tell you that the mainstream media and i'm sitting within walking distance of all of them right now where i'm sitting right now i could walk to any one of the, any one of the headquarters of abc cbs or nbc uh... or the new york times walking distance they're all corrupt none of them are honest sure. with journalism Sean Hannity is right journalism in america is dead.
3: It's so, dead right and i agree with you but what i'm saying is is that we don't say we don't we we listen to what the media is saying and then they say oh he's saying something this or he's saying something bad but when he was in office I'm telling you, I can afford my groceries. I can't afford. Them yeah, now.
5: listen, and, and I agree with that. The thing is, in order for that to happen again, he has to win, and the worry is that he won't win. And Andy McCarthy, who was on in the in the in the previous uh, half hour, Andy McCarthy you know, makes some very very good points. He is vulnerable on these charges. He 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 should have. I agree. He should have when they ask him for the stuff and they ask him nicely, give us back our stuff, he should have given them back their stuff. Instead, he's handed his opposition a club over which they can with which they can beat him over the head. And that's well, my if problem. They, if
3: here. he didn't hand it to him, I'm just telling you, if they didn't hand it to him, he was going to they they were gonna find something anyway. I mean they've made up so much and, stuff well, about him
5: and if that's gonna nobody happen, knows what's, true if what's that, not. If that's gonna happen, you and, sure as hell don't and don't. We make don't it even easy. Know.
3: Right, and we don't even know his side of the story yet at all. All we know is what the DOJ is saying, and we already know that they lie.
5: Yeah, I understand that, Gail. So-, so he does get to put on a defense. Listen, Gail, I'm going to get some more calls in, but I appreciate your point of view, and I thank you for calling eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten, Mike in Yonkers, uh, New York. Mike, um, what okay. do you what do you say?
20: Well, you know, you, the question was: Is Trump too big a risk?
5: Yes, that's the and question.
20: I say. We can't risk not having Trump, and and the reason I say that, and it it quite possibly goes back to the Bushes with the Patriot Act, but the Bidens really became the masters of weaponizing intelligence and defense. And no, I think, I know, I think I, no, I think no,
5: I think you got to go back. You go, you could go back to the Bushes, but I think that that started ramping up under Obama.
20: Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, they 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 took the Patriot Act and and took it to another level. Of Absolutely, weaponization. Well, you don't There's you don't no think depth.
5: you don't think Ron DeSantis could stand up to that? You don't think T- Tim Scott could stand up to that? You don't think he would be a f- I don't either think, one of those guys I would be effective?
20: I, I I like those guys, and if Trump doesn't get in, I, I would definitely vote for him. But the, but the truth is, I think Trump is the only one who truly understands how bad it can get. And he understands how to fix it. And and if 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 he doesn't get in there and fix this now, we we could never, you know, we we'll, we might never get our 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 country back. Um, and it's really scary, you know. I mean, it's you know, as early as the IRS targeting the Tea Party groups, and now we have Trump. I mean, this the indictment reads pretty bad. I'm a lawyer. It, it doesn't look good. But the fact is, if his name was anything other than Donald Trump. They never would have gone to Mar-a-Lago in the first place. So
5: well, but Andy McCarthy, Andy McCarthy made the point: if he had given the stuff back when they asked for it, they they wouldn't have gone to Mar-a-Lago either.
20: That that might that might well be the case. But let's face it: they've been searching for a crime this whole time. They think they finally got one. But even if this doesn't pan out, they're not going to stop.
5: Well, okay, i You know, I'm, they're go- they're going to come after they're going to come after any republican nominee my problem with donald trump and i and i was a supporter of his presidency and i voted for him twice my problem with donald trump is he he by his verbal excesses and his wild his verbal wild pitches he makes it easier for his opponents than he has to that's my problem with donald trump and that's my worry about him being able to carry those marginal voters that it's going to take in order to win in 2024. Mike, great stuff. Thanks for the call. 888-788-9910. More of Fox Across America. Paul, I'm glad you're sitting in. Coming up. Stay here.
2: Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny
18: how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. Mm-hmm.
2: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it.
5: It's Fox Across America. Paul, glad you're sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Taking your calls eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine ten, 888-788-9910. Pocatello, Idaho. Pam, you're next on Fox Across America. I'm going to try to get two calls in before the bottom. So what do you say? What do you say now?
9: Uh, thank you for taking my call. And I have to agree with many of your other callers. Trump needs to get out of the way. He's going to split the party. Every time the Democrats come after him, he's got his sympathetic supporters that throw money at it, and it's not gonna end well. I supported Trump myself. His policies were great, but now he's accumulated too much baggage and the animosity is not gonna do the party good. He's got to step aside, but who does he listen to? Who can reason with him to make him see this? His ego is huge. As far as I can tell, he doesn't even listen to people he appoints.
5: Well, and I'll tell you something else, a, and a sharp criticism of him by, and I have to respect the confidence of the person who said it, that has absolute inside knowledge. He didn't hire good people to be around him, and that bedeviled his, his, his administration. Uh, Jeff Sessions is an obvious uh, bad hire, but so was Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State. He didn't surround right. himself with good people, and that got in his way. So, Pam, you are a, no, Trump is not worth the risk, Correct. Correct. Well, Pam, I appreciate your call. 888-788-9910. Uh, back to East Texas, home of my own radio station, KTBB, in Tyler, Texas, Blake. You're next on yeah, Frost There's
8: much. There's much more important issue behind whether Trump is electable or not. What's that? And that is whether the public, we the citizen, have a representative government that has access to the, the inner workings of what the government bureaus are doing. And the point that I wanted to make was the Senate Intelligence Committee n- needs to be updated on every element of what is happening that they have consideration for. And, and it for one thing they need to be cleared and ev- and the rules need to be followed. This Automatic declassification of of secret documents has a procedure. There's a procedure that's prescribed in the circular that requires anybody that wants to declassify information for public uh, yeah, but but yeah, they but, have to go to the originator and make sure the content is going to be correct.
5: Well, I it. but Blake Lemon, I don't want to get into the into the, the to weeds. the weeds yeah. of this sort of thing. I, the President of the United States has plenary authority to classify or declassify anything that exists as part of his constitutional role under article 2 of the uh, of the constitution he has plenary authority the question that andy mccarthy asked and it was a good one okay you have the authority to declassify whatever you want to some of this stuff that was found in his possession why would you because it, it if it falls into the wrong hands it would hurt the, the would hurt the country it would hurt the united states and potentially cost lives and well, th- that was the that's, that's a fair for- issue
8: we don't know that for certain because we're not privy to the classified information, but yeah. it, the Intelligence Committee could be. But well, it, be first
5: of all, you're not going to get the, gonna sen- the Senate. there
8: protocol that's followed. Uh,
5: yeah, the, the Senate is not going to be helpful in this regard because it's controlled by the Democrats. It would have to be the House Intelligence Committee. But hey, listen, Blake, um, I appreciate your call. I'm up against a heartbreak here at the bottom of the hour. It's Paul you're sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. We have more of the of Jimmy Fallon's uh, Fox Across America coming up, including representative pat fallon from my home state of texas he's going to weigh in on all of this after the new after the bottom of the hour break uh, paul Gleiser sitting in for five, for jimmy Fallon, fox across america hope you'll follow me at youtellmetexasbot.com stick around It's Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I hope you'll follow me at my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind. You then get to say what's on yours. That's why we call it You Tell Me Texas, because it's, I'm from Texas. You don't have to be from Texas. You can tell me from anywhere, youtellmetexas.com. We have on the line with us, represent, speaking of Texas, we have on the line with us Representative Pat Fallon, from the 4th Congressional District of Texas, just north of where I live in Dallas. Uh, He is um, a member of the House Armed Services Committee. He's on the House Oversight and Reform Committee. And he represents a beautiful district in the state of Texas, right there around Lake Texoma, a great part of the state. Congressman, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time today.
21: Well, Paul, thank you so much, and never let anyone forget that you, sir, are a great American.
5: Well, you're kind to say that. Thank you very much. All right, so you haven't obviously couldn't listen to the show. You've been busy uh, doing what you do, but from the top of the show today, nearly about two and a half hours ago, uh, I have put forth the proposition, given the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted on serious charges, and given the fact that some people that are nominally allies of Trump think they're serious, charges that could stick and given the fact that it just is going to create a cloud and given the fact it's going to be the only thing we talk about during uh, the campaign season of 2024 given all of that is donald trump still worth the risk as the nominee
21: yeah you know listen i I think what he's uh, experienced and we see it time and again with bragg in new york city and now with the doj and with the media on his tail for the last six years is they're like uh a bunch of gorillas in the jungle just continually sniping at him. And uh, I think he's got to persevere. And, from I've, you know, I read the, the, the indictment as well. And it's, it's like, they, for instance, they got 37 separate counts, 31 counts. Really could have been one count. They're, they're yeah, that's, called, that that's because, called count stacking.
5: You know? It's called count right. stacking, and it is intended to prejudice uh, public opinion and potentially prejudice a jury pool.
21: Yes. And, you know, another strategy is if you have 31 counts and you're, you, the prosecution's thinking when they go in to deliberate after uh, the defense rests, well, maybe they can compromise. We, let's fight them innocent of these 29, but then let's get them on these three, which they don't realize it's still the same. It's very similar impact. You're convicted of anything, particularly like this. I would just like to see the DOJ not be weaponized. And if they're ever going to indict a political figure, it's an open and shut, you know, slam dunk case. That has precedent. This is unprecedented. And you know, what, have they even um, accused him of national with national security in any way compromised? I haven't heard that yet, Paul. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and Hillary did something very, very similar to this. And you had the FBI on her side saying that, well, I know she did uh, do some things she wasn't supposed to do, but we're going to recommend that no charges be
5: well, brought. You know, which, which, which was which was which was patently absurd. I mean, I'll, I don't mm-hmm. uh, anybody would concede that. But let me let me play a cut that I played earlier in the show, and get you to react to it. It's former Attorney General William Barr. He was Attorney General under under Donald Trump, among other administrations. But William Barr said this uh, over the weekend uh, to fox
7: News 's Shannon Bream cut six. I was shocked by the degree of sensitivity of these documents and how many there were frankly and uh, so the government 's agenda was to get those uh, protect those documents and get them out and I think it was perfectly appropriate to do that. It was the right thing to do, uh, and I think the counts under the espionage act uh, that he willfully retained those documents are solid counts now. I, I do think we have to wait and see what the defense uh, says and, and, and what proves to be true. But I do think that even half what Andy McCarthy said, which is if even half of it is true, then he's toast.
5: How do you, uh, Representative Pat Fowler from Texas, how do you respond to that, William Barr?
7: Well,
21: you know, you know I respectfully, you know, I would say to Mr. Barr, if half of it's true, what if none of it's true? You know, we've heard one side of the story, and to prove willful, you know, willfully, you know, holding back these documents, and again, it, being tried on the Espionage Act, something that was, I believe, uh, passed in during World War One, hundred years. Uh, it, it again, it's unprecedented, and I'm going to wait in reserve to hold judgment until I hear more than just one side of the story. You know what
2: an indictment is, Paul?
21: Oh, of course, it's yeah, I know. Should lay laying out their place. and you know, again, like the old saying, you can indict a ham sandwich. You know, what? you could probably indict a bologna so and this could be a bunch of bologna. We don't know yet. I want to hear what uh, President Trump's lawyers say.
5: All right, but let me just for the purpose of discussion and being in the devil's sure. advocacy chair, none of this is going to be adjudicated uh before the election in 2024 so with this cloud hanging over Trump does it create too greater risk that people in the in the middle the the the, the 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 independents and the moderates the people who actually pick presidents does it create the risk that they will vote for the democrat or just stay home to the point that we lose in 2024 is that risk there
21: I think that uh, that's a fair question. But what we've seen, in at least the uh, early polling, is it hasn't been a effective – it hasn't had that effect at all. In fact, uh, I think President Trump has seen a little bit of a bump because, again, there's so much – and I understand what you're saying too because, you, you, roughly speaking, 40 percent of the American electorate in November 24 is going to vote for President Trump if he's a nominee, and 40 percent are going to vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is. And the election is going to be decided by that 20 percent in the middle. There's uh, no doubt about that. And it's, that happens in every election. I think that we're going to be in such dire straits at this point that any Democratic nominee is going to be in big trouble. Particularly if his name is Joe Biden, or God forbid, I don't even want to say this. Uh, I just ate, so I'm going to be a little nauseous. Kamala Harris, oh Yeah, but, well, uh,
5: well, you know, what, what about a, somebody? What about Gavin Newsom? What about any of the of the, of the only? First of all, only a far left uh, Democrat can be nominated by today's Democrat Party. Do you agree with that?
21: Yeah, unfortunately, that is that's true. Yeah, that's
5: you know, no, you can't know, let me, survive a, a problem otherwise. Yeah, you know, so, so Congressman Congressman Pat Fallon's joining us. My grandfather, a working class guy, he was a typesetter. He ran a linotype machine. He, you know, he got his hands dirty every day. He lived his entire life voting for Democrats. He was a he was the working class guy that the Democratic Party held itself out to be the friend of he would not recognize today's Democratic Party, and I don't think he'd vote for any of them.
21: No, you know, I'll I'll share with you a little confidence, you know, kind of uh, sad state of affairs. When I go out and knock doors... I'm knocking on uh, primarily, particularly in the Republican primaries, Republican primary yours, right? So I have a list, and I know who <clears throat> is voting. I have to skip 7, 8, 12, 15, 25 households sometimes to get to the next voter. That in and of itself is set. However, if I see an American flag being flown outside someone's house and they're not on my list, I knock the door anyway. You know why, Paul? Because I know with 99 percent certainty that they are right of center. Democrats you know and there are exceptions, of course, but Democrats largely do not even fly the American flag anymore. The flag itself is an indicator that you are a Republican, and that is awful will you yeah, come to that point in this country
5: and John F. Kennedy was a proud American patriot and a staunch anti communist and yeah. and and was a defender of America but the 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 Democratic Party today doesn't have room for a guy like John Kennedy if he were alive it doesn't have room for its own nominee from 2000 uh, Joe Lieberman uh it wouldn't be able to stomach a guy like Daniel Patrick Moynihan from here in New York where I'm sitting um if he were still alive and and wanting to be a democrat so the Democratic Party has gone far left and so as a consequence of that um, and yet Nearly half the country still votes for him. So it's a the Democratic Party of today scares me more than it ever has in my voting life.
21: Oh, yeah. No, like as you think about like Evan Bay and Sam Nunn, Jim Webb, thing, people like that. Uh, they they wouldn't stand a chance because they just go hard left. And look at the qualification. What were the qualifications of Fetterman up there in Pennsylvania? And, and let's say he never had the stroke and he was fully functional. What were his qualifications exactly? Oh, he was a left-wing hack. That's it. That's it. I mean, Barack Obama, when he won in 2008, he, he read well off a teleprompter. What else did he do? He was not a rock star professor from the University of Chicago, as Time magazine claimed. That was a fiction. He, his, uh, his evaluations from students were uh, at were average. The left just invents these people and these personas and these cult of personalities, and they have no substance.
5: Well, but the reason the the, uh, the left is able to do that is because we don't have, a, we don't have an honest mediators. I, I totally agree with uh, Sean Hannity, who said this. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. So you're not going to get honest reporting, and you're not going to get honest reporting about Donald Trump's situation. And as a matter of fact, the, uh, the media is going to come after him like a pack of hyenas. And that would be another argument that... You need somebody, if you're going to make this argument, you need somebody that attracts less of uh, a smaller pack of hyenas and a less vicious pack of hyenas than Donald Trump is going to attract.
21: You know, pa- Paul, I, I respectfully, i got to remember 2008. And the left was – real well, left meaning the media. Uh, sorry sorry to being you redundant there. But they were all favorable to John McCain. Because that's the nominee that they wanted the Republicans to have. Yeah. And then as soon as he was nominated, no, they, they turned they... him, just like, just like you said, though, they became the pack of wolves and the hyenas. So whoever we nominate, they'll be kinder to them than they are Trump because Trump is their public enemy number one and there's Trump derangement syndrome, et cetera. But as soon – let's just say it was a If he becomes a nominee, he's going to be vilified like Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot. He's going to be like one of the worst authoritarians ever because they do that all the time.
5: It's rinse and repeat. All right. So, all right. In the time we have left, Representative Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas. The time we have left, you sit on House Oversight. What is it going to take in order to shine the brightest light possible into what I consider to be a profoundly corrupt Department of Justice?
21: Well, we have a special committee that the speaker put together for the weaponization, to, to examine just that, the weaponization of the DOJ, the FBI, and the federal government as a whole. And um, they, they, and the, also the, that committee is doing important work on that, the, 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 the Judiciary Committee, you can tell I'm not a lawyer, the Judiciary Committee is doing it as well, and so is oversight uh, in large measure. I mean, we have to shine light, what we're doing right now, because what we've recently discovered with the Biden uh, you know, the Biden syndicate, if you will, the Biden family is so earth shattering. It, it really reminds me of the beginning stages of Watergate. It's that bad. Now the media is going to ignore it. So it's our job to get on programs like this that are going to be fair to all and question all power and share the truth that it looks like Joe Biden could be compromised. Uh, and we continue to go where the evidence leads us, unlike what the Democrats did with the Russian or uh, the Russian collusion hoax. And what we're finding is, you know, you can sink your teeth into this stuff.
5: But what, what can you do with it if the Department of Justice is in the tank? Where do you take it to get action taken on it?
20: What we do is we get
21: a different Department of Justice in a year and a half, and then they can prosecute it. Um, if this DOJ is so corrupt that they won't do it, because we're getting closer and closer to a smoking gun. I mean, this when you have a highly credible you know, human confidential source, that the FBI—that's how they describe him. By the way, It's highly credible. They've worked with this guy for ten years. They've given him hundreds of thousands of dollars. All the information in the past has been, you know, accurate. And his guy is saying that he spoke to a fella on the Burisma board, who paid the Bidens ten million dollars—five to Joe and five to Hunter—and they did it in such a way to be very hard to track. But so, what have they done? I thought that Comer—I got Comer. Uh, Comer uh, Jamie Comer's done a great job. Um, But I I thought the FBI director, Ray, was going to come over with a big, thick file showing us all that they've done to exhaust these leads. Uh, They did not do that. Uh, He didn't exhaust them at all. In fact, we found that Brian Auten, one of the FBI supervisory analysts, put it in – a. he thought it was – he just made this call independently that this was going to be some kind of disinformation, and he put it in a subfile. That was restricted, which meant that 99.9% of the FBI agents couldn't access that FD-1023. So I'd like to find out and ask him why he did that, because I think that's tampering an investigation.
5: Well, so – well, then how will you get that done? You subpoena him. How do you get that done? Yes,
21: yeah, just like we got – well, we wouldn't have had access to – and I'll be very honest because it's a great question. If we didn't have subpoena power, we wouldn't know any of this stuff. If we didn't uh, threaten – with contempt of Congress, with the FBI director, we wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able. Uh, in my other colleagues on the oversight committee, would have never seen this document. Also, we wouldn't know. You know what, what Paul? There are more 1023s. We didn't know that uh, a few months back. We have since found that out because we have sources as well. The FBI then went confronted confirms that they have additional F-1023s on the Biden family. And now they're going to let us see those, but we're going to have to go through this just mashing of teeth and dragging of feet because they're not cooperating.
5: All right, I'm, to compel them and force them to. All right, I'm not informed on this. What about are we at risk of running out the clock on the statute of limitations?
21: Uh, I do not believe so. But, yeah, because, again, I, I'm not attorney, but I will check with uh, Chairman Comer
5: on that. I think we're all right. Okay, because that that would that would be a concern. If you if you drag your yeah. feet long enough, you run out the clock on the statute of limitations, and everybody skates. Hillary Clinton did. She, the statute of limitations is run on her. So there's yeah, there's oh yeah. Nothing, Clover, right? nothing you can nothing you can go back and do on on Hillary Clinton. Representative Pat Fallon from the Fourth Congressional District of Texas on the House Oversight Committee. Appreciate you being a part of the program today, uh, Congressman, and thanks for your time. <laughs>
21: Paul, yeah, that was, that was a, great, uh, a, bit, a great segment, and I appreciate it very much, and God bless you, sir.
5: God bless you, and safe travels. More of uh, Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy uh, Falla here to wrap it up coming up after the break. I hope you'll stick around.
2: You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Falla on Fox Across America. OK,
5: here's what's at stake uh, as we wrap up the show here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in. Here's what's at stake. If Joe Biden, assuming he is the nominee, if he wins in 2024, you're going to get four more years of things like
15: this. You know, the rapidly rising in uh, um, uh, with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh,
5: don't tell me that Joe Biden is not. Mentally diminished because he's my uncle jim i 've seen it. I know what it looks like. You take all the politics out of it. The man is is in severe decline, and i don't think he's good for four more years it'll frankly i'll be a little surprised if he's even the nominee, but assuming he is, we can't have four more years of that as our commander in chief during what is going to become an increasingly contentious world. Number two, the Democrats, Democrats, whomever they nominate, have gone way too far left to the point that they are damaging the institutions that we once trusted in America. Number three, I only want America to win. I want Americans to win, particularly those who are trying to climb the economic ladder. I want people uh, who have historically been out of the middle class to join the middle class i want minorities to do well i want i want the low unemployment among black Americans that we had during the Trump administration. I want those who are trying to climb the economic ladder to be able to climb the economic ladder. The more people we have in the middle class, the more people that we have who are leading prosperous lives, the stronger and better and happier the nation will be. During, during the, sec, during the first, end of the first term of the Reagan administration, economic growth in the United States exceeded 7%. And what happened in the 1984 election? Ronald Reagan carried 49 out of 50 states. That's what, that's what happens when you have success in America. And that's exactly what I want in 2024. I'm not for anybody in particular. I'm for the country. And my concern, my hope, is that the Republican Party will nominate somebody who can actually help the country win. That's what we have to have. And you have to understand, in order for that to get done, you got to win in places like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada. You got to win in states that can go either way and might actually tend a little bit blue. That's what you got to have. Hey, listen, it's been a lot of fun here today. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will be back tomorrow. I'll be back whenever they invite me back. I have a great time doing this. Hope you'll follow me at YouTellMeTexas.com. I'll have a column this week that's on a lot of what we covered here today. Meantime, thanks, Josh. Thanks, Mike, for making it easy for me to fill in. Thanks for listening. Make it a great rest of your week.